Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams, and Chip, are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Ready for what? Are you ready for some football? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Vision Weekend here on Movement Radio, and... uh, before we get into what we need to get into with this week's games, and we got some news items, and we got some head coaching hirings that we want to talk about, but before we get into that, let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. Oh man, Wild Card Weekend was great. Yes, great all oh. around. I, I, for one, I will say this, I got two of the games correct, I got two of the games wrong. The one game that I got, one game that I got wrong, I was happy that I got it wrong, and the other game that I got wrong, I'm pretty sure that 90% of the people who, unless you lived in Minnesota, you got this game wrong. Shit, I'd say about 99% of the people got this wrong. A lot of people got the game wrong. But let's go over real quick. We'll start off with the, we'll start off with the Saturday games. Houston and Buffalo. Man, that was a close one. Ended up winning by three. Yep. Um, three in overtime. Yeah. So it was a very, very close game. Um, but I think... Houston was able to. Uh, um, it was the game tale. plan. Here's you know, the thing: for it the, was the tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, and it showed the the resolve of Deshaun Watson. Right. And uh, you remember uh, maybe a few years ago, Debo Sweeney said that he was the closest thing to Michael Jordan. Sure. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and he wasn't talking about his skill set. Right. He was talking about his mentality. Right. Uh, that killer and, instinct. And yeah. that's what it was. So this game was 19 to nothing going into the half. Yeah. And right? then after the half, they scored 19 unanswered going into overtime. Correct. Getting it to overtime. Yeah. And then, yeah, because I remember because we were we were in Athens and you were literally outside because we don't have service in the building. So you were literally going back and forth outside. <laughs> And I remember the funny, funny. You said you said something that was pretty funny. You said, you know what? I always uh, make fun of smokers who go outside in the cold, but here I am outside in the cold to listen to a game when I know for a fact I can't get it. Um, but yeah, right. so that was, um, yeah. So then uh, Tennessee beat New England. Yeah, that was the game I was happy about. I, that I, was the game I was. I was the one I was. I was. Pl- I was. Happy I got it wrong, you know, because I had a feeling, damn you know, new it's New England. They always figure out a freaking way to win, you know. Yeah. But Tennessee figured out a way to win behind Ryan Tannehill, and I miss you, Tanny. I wish you were back in New. Uh, wish you were back in uh, Miami, but no, you don't. Yeah, I do. In a way, <laughs> if, 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 if he played like this, here's the thing: the he, same way he did play like this in Miami. You guys just didn't have the playmakers for him to get the ball to. That is true, and we had Adam Gase. So yeah, you had a, <laughs> you had a shitty scheme. We had we had Robo Man on <laughs> as a head coach. Some weird googly eye thing he was doing at that press conference still <laughs> freaks me the fuck out. But anyway, yeah. But, uh, but this was also a close game. It was. It, it um, literally could have went either way. Yeah. It um, was. Uh, it came down to the very last play. It was fourteen to thirteen. Yeah. New England and New England had a chance to come back. New, and we always New England knew, was. Yeah. You know. We all, Tom Brady is always known to you know have those last minute fourth quarter drives driving the ball down. Here's the thing. When Brady has those drives. Nine times out of ten, they they usually end up in field goals because they're very very close. But but, but if you got to throw the ball downfield and you have to rely on Tom Brady to get you into the end zone with that much time left, that's a little bit more difficult for him to do. Because you know, I mean, I still remember when it was uh, uh, Indianapolis against New England. Winner goes to the Super Bowl to play the Bears, right? And Brady had to literally go down the field and score a touchdown because the, the field goal wasn't going to cut it. 
He had to throw the ball downfield, and Marlon Jackson, who literally had no other huge play after that in his whole career, took that interception from Tom Brady and sent the uh, Colts to uh, the Super Bowl, and they ended up beating the Bears in that Super Bowl. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that for for what it is, the Titans looked scary in this game. Unfortunately, they got to go play the Ravens next. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. We'll go over to the NFC real quick. Uh, Seattle and Philadelphia. Uh, another close game. Yeah, it was. Um, but it was kind of a foregone conclusion because look, at, I think we can be honest because – I was upset because I wanted because I honestly God thought that Philadelphia was going to be better than what they were. Uh, and, I legit you know, did. Here's the thing, you know, they weren't terrible. No, um, and they there's, were... there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, "Oh yeah, hey, Seattle." Yeah, we all knew Seattle was going to win this game, except for what they're not throwing into thought is Philadelphia played most of this game with a 40 year old Josh McGowan. Yeah. Yeah, and he, that was who uh, had just come out of retirement. Yeah, because he was being, in yeah in the booth, right? Well, he was in a booth, and his his current day job is he's the coach to his son's high school football, football team. team. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I thought Josh McGowan played amazing in this game. Right. He did a good job. The problem is though, is that now we have to look at Carson Wentz in terms of his. Carson Wentz got injured. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 kind of it's kind of a reoccurring thing now. I had this. Well, it was his very first playoff game. Right. He got injured in his very first playoff game. Right. I had this conversation with somebody just yesterday, and I posed the question: Is it time for Philadelphia to move on from Carson Wentz? In the same vein that Tennessee moved on from Marcus Mariota. If they weren't paying him the money that they're paying him, I would say yes. Shop him around. Yeah, Send his contract somewhere else. Who, who who would have the cachet to be able to have that, be able to do, to be able to make that deal for that type of, I mean, Granny, could you trade him to, could you trade uh, Carson Wentz to uh, Philadelphia, I'm sorry, not Philadelphia, could you trade Carson Wentz to uh, Cincinnati and for that number one overall pick? You could. I mean, you could. But they moved heaven and earth to get him. I doubt they're going to move heaven and earth to get rid of him. Um, but you never know with today's NFL. I just, I think, do I think he's a great quarterback? No. Do I think he's a good enough quarterback to lead a team to a championship? Possibly. His biggest issue is that he is injury prone. That's always been his Achilles heel. Is that he stays injured? If he well, the, the couple of years remember a couple of years ago he was considered in an he, he was considered an MVP candidate for those first fourteen games, and then he had that torn ACL. Mm-hmm. The same way that Derek Carr was considered an MVP candidate before he broke his leg. So, what's the difference between Derek Carr and uh, Carson Wentz in that regard? Carson Wentz is a little bit younger. Carson Wentz is probably a more accurate passer. Um, mm. He's not as well, given the weapons that each of them have. You would say that he's the more accurate passer. Okay. Um, but you know durability, you can't really say either one is really more not, not more durable than the other. You mm-hmm. know. So, um, well, then again, one just tears you know tendons; the other one's leg completely breaks. So, you know, either way. Yeah, but that's been Derek Carr's only injury. Yeah. True. Carson Wentz but has he been has injured but he every has, season. You are correct. The, the, and a lot of people will say that Derek Carr has not lived up to his expectations since the broken leg, which, hell, he, I mean, 
Look what happened when when uh, uh, Robert Griffin III had his knee injury. He wasn't the same after that, you know. But the but I think he's I think Robert Griffin is actually doing pretty good for himself, considering that he's backing up Lamar Jackson in Baltimore right now. Exactly. Um. But anyway, so there we go with that one. Uh, this one is the game that literally nobody thought was going to. Unless you live in Minnesota and you were pulling for the Minnesota Vikings to win, everybody had the Saints win in this game. Oh, yeah. Everybody had the Saints win in this game. Upset alert. Minnesota wins in overtime, 26-20. to 20. Um, And then everyone wants to talk about the, the, that last touchdown in the end zone, uh, the, the Kyle Rudolph. Was it pass interference? Was it not pass interference? So here's two things uh, I think – Yes, it was pass interference because he pushed and made separation. Yeah. Anytime you do an extension with your hand to create separation, it's considered pass interference. Well, but he used two hands. That's what I'm saying. Like he, So, yeah. previously in the game, they called pass interference on a very similar play. Right. Where the guy used two hands and there was less uh, space created and there was a flag thrown for pass interference. Right. So, there's that. Um, I also want to say, sudden death overtime is stupid. <laughs> Completely stupid. So, you have one of the top three best quarterbacks in the league today. Right. Sitting on the sidelines, he doesn't even get a chance. But wait, yeah. Well, yeah to, I, no, trust me. I get that. But, see, I kind of like it, like... I think both teams should have a possession. That's what I feel. I feel like both teams should have a possession. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that it used to be was if you get the ball in overtime, you go down, kick the field, go, game's over. And people were complaining about that. Well, they didn't get a chance to get back on the field. Oh, well, you should have done. your defense should have done something. You know, that was always the argument. Then they said, okay, then they changed the rule. You can go down the field, you can kick the field, go, the other team gets a chance to either tie the game or win the game. And then... Once each team gets a possession, you know, the next score, whatever it is, whether it be field goal, touchdown, wins. Unless that team who gets the ball first scores the touchdown first. Which, I'm like, but still, I mean, you would still think that they would get a possession. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? But I'll flip it around because I'll I'll be honest. If Miami and New England went to an overtime and Miami threw a touchdown first play of overtime and won the game – I mean, do, do I at that point as a fan of the Dolphins say, nah, New England should get a chance to score again? You know, would it be the same thing for a Tennessee Titans fan or a Houston Texans fan or somebody like that? I would you say, so, and you know me, and you know I'm not saying this, just blowing smoke. Right. If that Houston-Buffalo game, if Buffalo would have, if Houston would have went down and scored first. Right. I would have said, okay, Buffalo needs to get a chance. Josh Allen needs to have a chance right. to replicate. Do you think the rules are well, are the rules designed to hurry up the game to get it over with? Or is the rules designed so that there's a fair shot among? Because I mean, yes, we could sit there and say, well, this offense didn't have a chance to score, but then Again, on the flip side, is like, well, your defense should have done a better job, which I understand the defense has to do no, their job as well. I understand. Yeah. Yes. But, again, it's like, you know, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, but that's always been the big one. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of overtime, once we get to news and notes, uh, there's there's a, a, a tad bit of 
since I hate the sudden death overtime rule, um, we're gonna do we're gonna talk a little bit of XFL, and I absolutely love their overtime rule. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, as of what did we learn? From Wild Card Weekend. Is there anything specific that you want from Wild Card Weekend? You know, not really. Most of who I thought was going to win won. Um, it was some very exciting football. Right. Uh, and, I mean, like I said, every game came down to two, two games went into overtime. The right. Houston-Buffalo game and the uh, Minnesota-New Orleans game. The Seattle-Philly game came down to the very final play, right? as did the the New England-Tennessee game. And we had a little bit of defense in a lot of these games. A lot of good defensive plays in both oh, games. Oh, it was all games were defensive games. Yeah. Um, do you think anything's going to change in, in, in this week's, in these week's games? Um, I, these I weeks. This don't week's think game. the divisional round is going to be as exciting as the wild card round was. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think that there is a possible. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say because there have been there have been instances where a number six seed came from literally out of nowhere and won the Super Bowl. Green Bay's done it. The sixth spot. The Giants yeah. have done it. The Pittsburgh Steelers have done it. And we still have two number six seeds in the the playoffs. Which I. To my knowledge, that hasn't been done in a in a while. I can't remember the last time two number six seeds have been in the divisional round in a in a long. I think it was God, two thousand two maybe was the last time that that happened. But I can't even I can't even tell you that you know off the top of my head if that's if that's true or not. right. But so we have um, two number six two six seeds left uh, in Tennessee and. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, we have two ones and two twos. And then we have a um, four seed in Houston and a five seed in Seattle. Five seed in Seattle. So. Yeah. So it's going to be a very, very interesting week, and we're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. But right now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with some news and notes about some upcoming hirings and firings and different things like that. And we'll be right back in just a few moments. And welcome back from that commercial break. Uh, We're going to get into a little bit of news, some notes, some rumors. Uh, You want to start us off here, Tyler? A whole lot of weird stuff coming out of the coaching world. As of last week, remember last week we talked about whether or not the Dallas Cowboys were going to fire Jason Garrett if it was going to be a foregone conclusion or not. Well, that is the case. Jason Garrett is gone as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, not only is he gone as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he's not even with the organization because there was rumor that he would, if they fired him as head coach, they'd keep him on as like an advisor to Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones right. or whatnot. Um, but since then... He is not with the Dallas organization at all. At all. And in his place is former Green Bay Packers head coach Mike McCarthy, who uh, did not have a head coaching job last year, who last coached uh, Green Bay Packers back in ni- uh, 19, I'm sorry, 2018. I don't know why the hell I said I was going to say 1980. Yeah. Um, 
What do you think of this hire? Do you think this is a good hire? Or do you uh, think this is a... Uh... I would say I think it's the safe hire. Right. Uh, and what I mean by that is they went out and they got somebody who was a, a proven guy, but he's also a yes man. So he's not going to buck anything that Jerry Jones puts out there. Right. Jerry Jones, you know... Yeah, he's not going to rock the boat. He ain't Where, rock the boat. Whereas... If they would have hired a newer, younger coach, um, an Urban Meyer, a um, Lincoln Riley, you know, somebody like that, there's definitely going to be some boat rocking going definitely on. Definitely some boat rocking. Um, so. um, and, and we talked about Ron Rivera going to the Washington Redskins yep. last week. We talked about that. So now that the Washington, so now the Washington Redskins have Ron Rivera, the Carolina Panthers don't have a coach, but now they do. Okay. Matt Rule from the University of Baylor. Okay. Accepted a five-year, sixty million dollar contract. Okay. From the Carolina Panthers. Now, good, a good lot of people, yeah, good for him. I'll agree. A lot of people, though, are kind of upset with this uh, for a specific for a specific reason. Well, um, because he's he's never played nor coached in the NFL. Correct. That, he's, he's never played, coached, been a coordinator or an assistant in the NFL. So people have their reservations and their hesitations. <clears throat> there is also speculation that the Carolina Panthers basically. Pulled the rug out from underneath the New York Giants, who just who just recently fired Pat Schumer as their head coach, and were going to offer the job to Matt Rule initially, but then Carolina swooped him and made him a better offer. So you go where the money is, obviously, yeah. which left the New York Giants in a state of scramble. <clears throat> so they ended up hiring Joe Judge, who was the New England who was New England Patriots wide receivers coach. Okay. This is a weird circumstance. And the reason why I say that is because it it, it it seems that the Giants rushed to hire a head coach. Okay. Because if you look at all the other head coaching prospects that are out there, you got Greg Roman, who was Baltimore, who's the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. You got Robert Saleh, who's San Francisco's defensive coordinator, so that would have been good for <coughs> excuse me, to bring up the defense of the Giants. Okay. You got Eric <coughs> Benami. Who is Kansas City's offensive coordinator? Brian DeBowl, who is uh, Buffalo's offensive coordinator. Kevin Stefanski, I think Stefanski is that's how it's pronounced, who's Minnesota's offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels, New England's offensive coordinator, and Jason Garrett, who is the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, rumor has su- suggested that Jason Garrett could be the new offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So, lot to take in there, lot to unpack. I think um, that again, like I said, I think that the, that the Giants rushed to this decision because I, of I all can these see that. Um, I want to take a a, a a step back for a second. Okay, go ahead. Okay, uh, you were talking about the the Carolina Panthers hiring. Uh, would you say that guy's name? Matt is? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Yes. Who's never it's, played, coached, coordinated, or anything in the NFL. That is correct. Yes. <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong. Cliff Kingsbury, who is the head coach for the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, also same same principle. It, it, You're right. He came straight from college into his first gig as the NFL. Okay. Now, I, now I I, I just want to say, okay, <clears throat> Arizona wasn't terrible under Cliff Kingsbury. You are correct. They weren't. They terrible. they don't have a whole lot. They're, they're in a, a rebuilding phase. Right. Um. 
But is Carolina really in in a, in a rebuilding? Phase I think they are in a rebuilding phase with the new ownership and everything. New ownership, like a restart, They're, reset. They got rid of uh, Ron Riviera, who's been there for quite a while. Cam Newton's uh, fixing to be a free agent. Rumor rumor has it that Cam Newton is gone. They're they're looking at younger, excuse me, younger talent right. to to build uh, to to sustain the franchise for you know a longer period of time. Right. Unlike what the Houston Texans have done, right? Uh, the Houston Texans have, have clearly been in the, the last couple of years have been in a win now mode, where we're we're getting good talent, right? But their older talent on the latter end of their careers, and it's it's hey, almost like a this time or no time. It's like this is life right. or death at this point, <clears throat> right? Right. You know, we've got the the young dynamic quarterback. Um, we've got a couple of young receivers, but then you look. We got Laramie Tunzel, not so young anymore. JJ Watt, not so young anymore. Bradley Roby, not so young anymore. You know, guys that right. have been around the league. Right. Um. So I, I'm just I'm just wondering if there's a lot of people who are, are saying it's a bad idea to hire a guy who's never had NFL experience but then you look and the NFL is actually being played more to the style of college it is now than it ever has been yeah and it in a way it does make a lot of sense um but when whenever people talk about like when you know getting your head coach like now the question is going to become okay well what's Matt Rule going to do as far as his coordinators go is he going to bring in more college uh, coordinators, or does it? Because the way, and they were talking about it on on the, I think it was FS1 or ESPN1 this morning. Uh, they talked about how you would want like an old school disciplinarian as a defensive coordinator because like you want your defense to be ferocious, like a 2000 Ravens, a 72 Dolphins, a 85 Bears, people like that. Now that's an, that's an old school mentality back when you can legally hit somebody in the head, dart, you know, long dart somebody with your helmet and they not worry about it. It's just I hey, right. take now, an aspirin and walk it off, you know. I, um, I do you know. think I do think you need in your coordinators, uh even maybe not so much your all your coordinators. Right. One or two of your coordinators and maybe your assistant coach, you want to have experience within Definitely. the NFL. That way they can say, hey, no, no, no. That that shit ain't gonna work. Uh, we tried that two years ago, and it, it it's not gonna work right. here. Kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but I I do think it's it's great that these younger minds are getting these opportunities because it, it, it in previous years it's always been or it seems to have always been status quo. Like we we just keep keep right on with the right on right right. But how long does that keep on riding on work until it finally it just doesn't work anymore? And you see, oh man, but Bill Belichick has been in the league so long and he's doing this. Andy Reid's been in the game long enough and he's been doing this. John Harbaugh in, in Boston, which John Harbaugh's not 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 an old no, guy no, either. But he's still fairly young. Too. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, we, we've we've kept on these coaches. You know, now let's see. Bill Belichick's been in New England for 20 years. Yeah. Right. For, for, yeah, he's been in there since, since 2000, yeah. You know, so, but then you've got like an Andy Reid who, he was with Philadelphia and now he's with Kansas City. You know, you got Ron Riviera who went from 
uh, Carolina. Now he's with Washington. You know, we're trading head coaches, right? And we're not. Yeah, well, look at look at New, New look in uh, New Orleans. Like Sean Payton's been there since two thousand and six. He's no spring chicken either. No, but he has a he's still a an offensive genius when it comes to creating game plans. And is stuff. it he's an offensive genius or is he put offensive geniuses around him? You see what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying. Bill Belichick always has a younger core around him, yeah, and he's the. The quote-unquote mastermind. But once those play, and then Colin Kaepernick comes. Well, I don't know why I keep on saying Colin Kaepernick. Colin Cowherd talked about it on his his program. The people who are under Bill Belichick, once they leave, they don't really have success at other places. There's, Romeo Cornell went to be a head coach in Cleveland. That didn't work out. Charlie Weiss went to Notre Dame. That didn't work out. Josh McDaniels went to went to Denver. It didn't work out. And then went back. But anyone who's under Andy Reid. Like Nagy up in uh, Chicago, he did good. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, you know. So, okay, they look at that tree. There have been you know. two. Well, we'll say two uh, people under that Bill Belichick system per se right. that have left and been successful. Okay, Bill O'Brien. Oh yeah, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Now, Mike Vrabel... That was more of a player than a coach, though. Well, yes. Here's the thing, though. It's still under that tree because Mike Vrabel left the... Uh, well, the Patriots didn't re-sign Mike Vrabel back in 2008. Right. He went on to play um, in Kansas City. Right. He got his first head coach or his first coaching gig through Bill O'Brien. Right. There's where the tree goes. Okay. It went from Belichick to O'Brien to Vrabel. So would you consider, so if that's the case, because normally you don't really, you're not considered, Bill O'Brien is considered a Bill Belichick guy. Right. But Mike Mike Vrabel. Thank you. Is a Bill O'Brien guy. Is a Bill O'Brien guy. He's not. He was a. He was a Bill Belichick guy when he was a player, but as a coach, right? He's but a but Bill if O'Brien you go guy. under yeah. the, the the if you open the umbrella, right? Per se right. You know. Yeah. Uh, almost like if you were doing um, your family tree. Yeah. You know. You are the son of your mom and dad. Right. But the mom your, and- your great great grandparents are still under that umbrella. Right. That's where I'm saying. But that's saying, because Bill Belichick... Bill Belichick would be like... He the, was under Bill Parcells' umbrella. Right. So, so there's Bill Parcells. Yeah. And then you come over yeah. and there's Bill Belichick. Right. Then you come over and here's Bill O'Brien. And then and here there's Mike Vrabel. Yeah. You know, so yes. it's, it's kind of that rainfall yeah. effect. Yeah, which in a lot of those old coaches, like, you know, the Tom Landry's and the... Uh, the, uh, the Vince Lombardi's and all them original coaches who had all these great people around them. And... and that seventy percent of them didn't pan out in the NFL, but the ones that did pan out made it made it great. Hey, like the you're like right. the Bill Parcells, like the uh, the uh, the Bill Belichick. Well, of course he was a vet, but like a Don Shula in Miami or a or Walsh in San Francisco. Like those exactly. incredible. Because I mean, Walsh had Montana and Don Shula had even you know, Don Shula all the way back to the 72 Dolphins, the only undefeated team in history. That's his legacy. You know, unfortunately the no, legacy has been the trashed. You know? team in they're the only undefeated. Okay, let me rephrase. They're the, the only undefeated team who 
to have won, to have a, won Super a Super Bowl, Bowl championship. Right. And that's that's New, different yeah, because it is. In, in, in today's world, you go 18 and 0, world, that's 18 and 0. You know? Yeah. In today's world, they, they look at it as your regular season. It's different, but your, it, is your, it's different than your postseason. But it's still conjoined together, pretty much. It's still the same yeah. season, but they do it differently. Um, yeah, because now it's like, oh, well, how many games did you win in the playoffs? Hey, I won all these games in the regular season, but how did you win in the playoffs? Right. Yeah, you know. You know. Um, and also, one other quick quick thing to point. Quick thing to point. What the yeah. fuck am I talking about? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns job is still open. The Cleveland Browns so, job is still open, and that's still a... I mean, it's a destination spot, let's be honest, with the talent that they have, but they need to get somebody in there that's going to be able to change the culture. Freddie Kitchens was not that guy. He wasn't there to change culture. He was there to be friends. Yeah. We don't need people in Cleveland to be friends. We need people in Cleveland to change the culture. Uh, Now, the, the owner there in Cleveland has said that the new head coach will directly have say in who the new GM is mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's one of those instances of hey if I've got to buy the groceries if I got to pay for the groceries I at least want some input in what right. groceries then Bill, buy. Par- Bill Parcells actually coined that he goes if you want me to cook your dinner you gotta let me buy some of the groceries right you know um, um, so <clears throat> I think there you know there's some people that out there that could fit this uh Rumor, rumor and innuendo say right that head coaching job belongs to Urban Meyer. I would say yes. And see, I almost feel like Urban Meyer going to Cleveland's a pipe dream scenario. Like it's more realistic to say Josh McDaniels could take that job, or it's more realistic to say that Robert Saleh from San Francisco could take that job. No, no, you no. Know, you're one hundred percent right. You know. That's why I said rumor and innuendo would have it that that head coaching job in Cleveland is Urban Meyer. Right. It'd be perfect. I don't think that's the right fit. Right. Uh, I think Urban Meyer would be king in Cleveland because of what he did at Ohio State. Right. Uh, and I know that's that's college versus NFL, but he did so much for the Ohio State football program that. A good majority of people would translate that, would think that that would translate yeah. over. Yeah, but, but, but he had success in Utah. He had, well, he had success in Utah under, with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Then he had success at Florida with Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, um, Percy Harving, Reggie Nelson, you know, all these great players that he had under his umbrella. Then he had great success at Ohio State with Zeke and Carnell Jones. And, you know, was he the head coach with Terrell Pryor was there as their quarterback? Or yes, okay, yeah, Terrell uh, Pryor. Well, that was back when you know Drew he was Haskins, Drew Haskins, JT right. Barrett. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of great, you know. He has a lineage, but I, but what? Here's what I mean by it's a pipe dream. Kind of like the way Matt Rule would be for the Carolina Panthers. I think that Urban Meyer has the ability to be charismatic. He has the ability to you know bring about the attention. But at the same time, you don't want there to be because right now the Cleveland Browns don't have any more like all the hype that they got from this season being like, oh, we're gonna take the, take the league over, and then they beat the quintessential Super Bowl favorites, the Baltimore Ravens, back in Week Four, forty to twenty five, right? And then Baltimore just said, 
nah, fuck this shit. We're not going to let the Baltimore, uh, we're not going to let the Cleveland Browns do this to us. And then, bam, they just win, you know, they haven't lost a game since. Haven't lost a game since. Right. So, you know, so basically, there's no more pressure on the Cleveland Browns. Like that whole, the, 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 the honeymoon phase is over, I, if you will. But, I think that the next coach that comes in for the Cleveland Browns has to realize, okay, there's no more hype. There's no more expectations. If I come in, I can do my job. I can produce for this franchise. Mike McCarthy has expectations because he's he's, he's he's coaching America's team. You see what I'm saying? So, I, I still think those expectations for Cleveland are there. As high, though? I don't think they're as high. They're there. Uh, because you have a young, dynamic quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Right. You have one of the best receivers in the NFL in Odell Beckham. Right. Uh, you have a good complimentary receiver in Jarvis Landry as well. A good complimentary yeah. receiver in Jarvis Landry. Um, you have a hell of a tight end in David Njoku. Uh, Still you, got Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. You've got, <laughs> not no, Duke Johnson. Not, not Duke Johnson. Kareem Hunt. I'm yeah, sorry. You've got um, probably the best one-two punch at uh, running back right. with Nick Chubb and uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, right? Uh, and, and then defense. you got on that defense, you got guys like Miles Garrett and Des Ward, Des Kareem Wood. Hunt. I'm not Kareem Hunt. I'm sorry, uh, Greedy Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they got so good players. I yeah. think the expectations, uh, the expectations are going to be there. What Cleveland needs to do is they need to find the coach to to fit their hopes for the future, right? Um. And it needs to be somebody, uh, as, as much as I say, I love when these younger coaches are getting these opportunities, right. Cleveland doesn't need that. No. Cleveland needs somebody that's going to come in and instill some morals and values into right. that system. Would Jason Garrett be a good fit? No. Okay. <clears throat> um He's too rah rah, not enough. Get I, your ass up. I, much. I think I think Jason Garrett is too much rah rah. I think Mike McCarthy would have been a good fit mm-hmm. uh, because he's a little bit more old school. He's a little bit more old school than Jason Garrett. Um, so I, I don't know who they're going to get, um, and, and I don't know. We I'm thinking, still got to wait and see. Yeah, but. I'm thinking Cleveland's probably going to wait. Until after the Super Bowl plays out and everything, because then that's when open market takes place and everyone's yeah, worried yeah. about free agency and stuff like that. Um, if I was honestly, if I was them, and this is just my own personal opinion, if I was them, I would go after Robert Saleh from from uh, San Francisco, the defensive coordinator. I that's who go, I would go for. I would go after Josh McDaniels. Uh, I think Josh McDaniels is the guy that can turn that around. Right. The problem is. Are they going to be able to pay him? Because he's already making ten mil a year to be the offensive coordinator in New England. Right. That's so, why I'm thinking that Robert Saleh would probably be the safer pick. Yeah. Because he's a young defensive coordinator whose defense is in San Francisco is amazing. Now I don't know if it's because of his schemes or if it's because of the personnel that's there because they do have a lot of good personnel on the right. side. So that could be something that. Is <clears throat> very interesting to know, but see, I think if you get a defensive coordinator as the new head coach, if he brings in the right OC to, you know, help out, I think that the pairing could actually work good, and then Cleveland can have better game plans and they can scheme a little bit better for guys like Lamar Jackson, scheme a little bit better for guys like 
you know, Delvin Hodges if he is in fact the next or Mason Rudolph or whoever the next quarterback for us. You know, Steelers could be. Speaking if, if, if of the Steelers, Robert, yeah, yes. Okay, yes. so now we're going to get into a, a couple of rumors that that I've heard over the the airwaves here. I wasn't planning uh, on talking this long about coaches. I apologize. No, 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 no. We're good. Yeah. We're good. We still got to talk about the games. <laughs> I think the games will go a little quicker because there's right. only four. Um, right. So, all right. So, but, uh, go ahead. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Yes. Sorry, Adele, don't sue me. That Tom Brady is done in New England. That's what people are saying. Um, he has verbally told people he wants to prove he can win without Bill Belichick. Right. On the flip side of that coin, Bill Belichick has verbally told people he wants to prove that he can win without Tom Brady. Now you gotta you gotta remember these two guys have been linked by the hip for the last twenty years. Yep. Okay. Nine Super Bowls and six championships later, and they're still together. Right. The rumor is Tom Brady wants to go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. I, I did hear that rumor. I've also heard other rumors that he wants to go to – maybe not he don't want to go, but there's a rumor that the L.A. Chargers are going to dump Phillip Rivers and try to get him – try to get Tom Brady in. Because it's out in L.A. now, a little bit more lights, but Tom Brady's not really a lights and, you know, showy type of quarterback. No, he's really you know, not. So he's really more of a down-home, you know – just a you know Michigan kid, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I think I think Pittsburgh would be a good because it's like that blue collar hometown. But if he does go to Pittsburgh, where, where does Ben Roethlisberger go? Does it, do they cut Ben Roethlisberger? Ben Roethlisberger could then go to the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, but the other portion of the rumors regarding Tom Brady that I have heard is that New England wants to actually sign him to a one-year deal right? to then trade him to Cincinnati for the number one overall pick. Now, they have to sign him to that deal because he is an unrestricted free agent. That is true. Here's the question. Would Tom Brady sign that deal? There's the question. Would Tom Brady give them the... What's the word I'm looking for here? Not privilege, not luxury. I'm trying to think of the right, correct word. Would Tom Brady would Tom Brady want them to have control over his destiny? If you're an unrestricted free agency, if you're an unrestricted free agent, you basically choose your own destiny. If right. I, why would I sign with you so that you can then send me to a place where I may not want to go just so that you can get the quarterback that you want at the number one overall position? You see what I'm saying? No, maybe like, it's, that, that's not. No, no you know. maybe it's a deal that him and Robert Kraft have sat down and talked about. Um, we don't know, right? Um, that's Again, why these rumor are called, and innuendo. <laughs> exactly. That's why these are called rumors. Right. Uh, there's a little bit of innuendo in there. I know a lot of Steelers fans would hate. Oh God, they to would see hate Tom Brady. It. They would hate it as their coach, or I mean, as their quarterback. Right. Except for the fact that they would actually love it because they would have the winningest quarterback in yeah, the history time. of right. the NFL. Right. 
so, it's, so kind, they, it's kind of like the way the Denver Broncos were when they got Peyton Manning. Exactly. You know? And then kind of like the way – well, I don't know. I mean, Joe Montana, after his run, did play for the Las Vegas oh, – Las Vegas, Los, uh, Los Angeles uh, – Rams at one point, and that didn't. Oh, no, I'm sorry, right. Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, he went to the Chiefs. He went to but the then Chiefs. You, gotta look so, at you know, Brett Favre left, and then went to the Jets, and then he went back to the. Then he went to the Vikings and led the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, so you know, anything can happen. Um, uh, that being said, though, um, that's that's all I've got for, I, that's for all right I've, now. Yeah, that's all I've got for right now as well. Let's go ahead and jump into our divisional round picks. Um, real quick, we'll start. We'll go back and forth. One uh, AFC, one NFC. That works. Uh, so we'll do Saturday games. We'll start with the NFC. We got Saturday, January the 11th at 4:35 Eastern. You have number six Minnesota traveling to number one San Francisco. I got yeah, I got San Francisco uh, winning this one. Um, I, I know my, I know Minnesota shocked the world when they beat New Orleans. Um, I don't know if you could be world beater. I don't. I never saw Minnesota's world beaters. I don't really think they're gonna do the. They there's no way they can do the same to Green to uh, San Francisco what they did to New Orleans. So I'm gonna say, you know, which which is so weird because like they could not beat Green Bay to save their life, but yet they but then San Francisco totally slaughtered Green Bay. So I don't see Minnesota beating San Francisco at all. So I'm going to go with San Francisco to win this game. Yeah, I've got I've got San Francisco to winning this one as well. I don't even have it close. Um, I, ironically, I do have it close, uh, and I have it close not because of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> right, definitely. Uh, he only threw so in that New Orleans game, he only threw one touchdown pass. Right, and that was the controversial Mason pass interference. Off, yeah. Kyle Rudolph, yeah, uh, touchdown, right? Yeah, well, Dalvin Cook is going to have to really step his game up. You, you, you. Right, yeah. Um, but I've got San Francisco winning this game. I do as well. Uh, then we'll come over, and the other Saturday game is um, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern. Tennessee Titans travel to the Baltimore Ravens. I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this. I also have this as a very close game. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that everybody's expecting because it's the Baltimore Ravens. Um, if anybody in the playoffs right now has a chance to beat Baltimore, I think it's Tennessee. Baltimore, uh, having the best record, you would automatically assume that they're going to be the one that just takes this game over. But like we've said, like I said earlier, there have been situations where a number six team has went from number six to winning it all. The Giants have done it. The Packers have done it. The Steelers have done it. There is a good chance that Tennessee can win this game, but it's not a big chance. It's, it's not a big chance. I give. I'm going to give the nod to Baltimore, but again, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be. This game is going to be way closer than San Francisco Minnesota is going to be. I think this is a one score game. I would say, yeah, I say it's it's close, like two three points difference. Uh, I, I think, I think it's going to be one score. I'm going to say close. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say within a field goal at least. So so um, so yeah, but I, I, yeah, but I got Baltimore as well. I have said for weeks upon weeks upon weeks, Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback, as their quote-unquote leader mm-hmm. in the Mike Vrabel scheme of things, 
they look scary. Right. Now look at them. They're playing for the... They're in the divisional round. Playing Playing to go to the conference championship. But they're also playing against a team that has the best record in the NFL and probably the best young quarterback in the league right now. So that's going to be a big mountain to overcome. You're right. Can they do it? Maybe. But we'll have to find out. Uh, my my hope would yeah. be... Oh, yeah, my hope is definitely... I hope Tennessee wins. I hope, but I got to go with my, my head instead of my heart on this one. I have to go with Baltimore, you know, but... Then go the Titans. Sunday games. Mm-hmm. We got the Houston Texans traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a 3:15 Eastern game. I don't know what's up with these weird times, um, but it's a 3:15 Eastern game on Sunday. Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got? In a very, very, very close, tightly contested game. I'm sorry, Bubba. I think Kansas City is going to figure out a way to do it. Okay. I think that um, – I mean, this is going to be a match of two great quarterbacks, two young, dynamic quarterbacks because people forget how, you know, everyone everyone raves about Sean Jackson and everyone raves about um, Patrick Mahomes. Their weapons – Sean Jackson are, is the uh, – Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry. in Philadelphia. Deshaun right? Watson. Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. Philadelphia's not playing. Um but yeah, I think that Kansas City is going to win. So I think that his weapons, the only thing that Houston has better than, I think Houston's defense is better than Kansas City's offense. Much better. Um, Especially with the addition. I'm sorry, of, Kansas City's defense. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Houston's Houston's defense is much better than Kansas City's. Especially right. with the addition of J.J. Watt. Right. However, I do think that, I was actually surprised that Kansas City's defense has, they're not the worst in the league anymore. They've stepped up. And they've stepped up a lot. I think this is honestly, I think it's going to be a shootout. I honestly do. I really think it's going to be a shootout. I think that it's going to be one of those. It wouldn't surprise me if this game turns out to be like 38-34, like some crazy wild score. Right. Um, that being said, though, I think that, because Kansas City has so many more diverse weapons. Like, you guys have a great big three at your receiver core. They got probably one of the fastest wide receivers in Tyreek Hill. Probably one of the second most... Second fastest. Well, second. Okay, well, we can go there. Yeah. Um, I do think that as an all-around, I don't think Sammy Watkins gets enough credit as being a good, a good no, all-around receiver. He doesn't. But I don't um, think Kenny Stills gets enough credit for what he can do. He he never did. He never he never got so, he never got the credit. No, and I like Kenny Stills. Yeah, I wish yeah. Miami didn't have to get rid of him. Yeah, um, you know, if, if we're talking about underrated, you know, receivers, right? I, I'll give you. But Sammy y'all have Watkins. the but y'all have the best but y'all have the, see y'all have the best receiver in the game at hop. So that's you see, and again, that's why I'm conflicted. I think that it's gonna honestly, like in my head, I'm like honestly in my head, I'm thinking it could go either way. But I'm erring on the side of caution when I say this. I'm gonna say Kansas City wins. Okay, um, I and of course I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say Houston. Uh, but that's a heart pick, though. No, this is a brain pick too. Okay, uh, my heart tells me Houston is gonna win the Super Bowl. Right. My brain tells me that's probably not going to happen. Uh, I, I will add this to why I think Houston wins. They've already traveled to Kansas City and beat Kansas City when Kansas City had all of their weapons. With Patrick Mahomes, with Tyreek Hill, yeah. with 
the Honey Badger with Sammy Watkins. Right. With everything. Okay. Right. Minus some of our weapons in Will Fuller, J.J. Watt, Darren Fells. Right. So, so now you guys thinking, okay, we did it once. We can do it again. Yes. But they got tape on that last game. They're going to look for right. it. They're going to look for all the little things that they miss, and they're going to try to you know overcome. Which means you got to come up with a whole new game plan because you can't come with the same shit as you did last time because right. they figure it out. Um, but I think so. When Will Fuller is on the field, he opens the playbook. He opens the field. He is that type of receiver. Right. Um, he is legitimately the fastest wide receiver. He and when I say that, he can he can get from line of scrimmage to end zone faster than any other receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he's up there with he's up there with the well, I, I, I mean, Mike Evans can do the same thing too, and Michael Thomas is also good. At that. He, he did right, show in New Orleans last week, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh when you look at speed and like 40 yard records and right. all that good stuff uh will fuller is the fastest he did he did point point three right something like that 4.3 something yeah. like that yeah um the problem is and I, and I say this every every game the problem is keeping will fuller healthy right so I say all that to say I think Houston wins this game okie doke um then we go over to the Sunday Nighter, which is a six forty. Yeah, it's, it's, again, game. weird times. Uh, weird times. I and think it's because of the. T- uh, I think it's because they want to have it at a certain time, um, as far as like, because Green Bay's played in Central Time, so it's got to play be at this certain time because it's scheduled for a certain. It's weird. Yeah, the whole so, time so change thing. Yeah, and all that. So, uh, number five Seattle Seahawks travel to the number two Green Bay Packers. Um, Look, I, I, I think the Seahawks win this game. I got it. Yeah, I got Seahawks winning in an upset. Uh, yeah, we'll call it an upset. Yeah, well, because, if I'm beating the two, is always considered an upset. Yeah, we will call it an upset, except for I think that Green Bay and, – and I'll say this about Green Bay, Kansas City, Baltimore, uh, and San Francisco. Uh it's been three weeks since Baltimore played. It's been three weeks since San Francisco played. Right. Um, and, and I say that, yeah, their teams were on the field two weeks ago, but none of their starters were. Right. So it's a momentum thing. It, you've got momentum, but have they have they rested too much? Right. You know what I mean? Because if you get too cold, then you um, can't, you know. Seattle definitely has momentum coming into this game. Uh and as, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he hasn't looked really good. But this well, here's the thing with Green Bay. Green Bay finally has a defense. Their defense led them to the playoffs. It wasn't Aaron. It, it, Aaron Rodgers did his he got his numbers, did his thing. He he, he was Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. Yes. But they didn't really have to rely on Aaron Rodgers as much. Aaron Rodgers could take a back seat because the defense in the running game did such a great job. Russell Wilson and that offense and Bobby Wagner on that defense of Seattle, they have really been stepping up their game tremendously. Now, I don't like the fact that, you know, 
I figured they could have they, they should have handled Philadelphia easily, easily easier than what they did. Right. But you know, I think that if we're just comparing apples to apples here, I think Seattle on paper has the better team uh, offensively, defensively. I think Green Bay edges them a little bit, but I think that Seattle's I think that Seattle's offense can put points on the board. I think that Green Bay. I think Green Bay's offense would struggle with Seattle's defense more, I think. So yes. I'm going to go with Seattle winning this game in an, in an upset. So. Yeah. So our final four basically – well, your my final four is Baltimore, Kansas City, San Francisco, Seattle. Yours is Baltimore, Houston, San Francisco, and Seattle. Yes. And then next week we'll come back and – who? hell, next week it might be Tennessee versus Houston and Minnesota versus Green Bay. Who knows? Oh, oh or so, it could be Tennessee, Kansas City – and Minnesota, Seattle, or it could be uh, you know Houston, Baltimore versus Minnesota, Green Bay. Who knows? This is it's, 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 and this is what I love about the, the, the playoffs and the postseason. It, legit, anything can happen. Yes, anybody can win on any given Sunday. That's what I love uh, about you know this game of football. Yep, I I didn't get it to get into the overtime rule. Um, yeah, you rallied in off the X, in the XFL, but no, 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 no. We'll save that. We'll come back. We'll do a whole episode on the XFL, um, talk about their schedule, because we literally know nothing about the XFL. <laughs> really? I mean, uh, well, we know the teams, we know the schedule, we know the weeks, we know the, when the championship game is going to be. Well, we don't really know any players. Don't or, know any. Well, we know a few of the coaches. Yeah. So uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Um, maybe that'll be a standalone episode. I think. Um, I think. I think it will be. So you know, at yeah. this point, we're just like guessing. Just yeah. We'll come know. back. Um, And with that being said, there we go. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, check us out on YouTube at Movement Radio. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and click that little bell in the notifications so you can be updated on our latest videos. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Movement Radio. Radio.